Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Shooters Touch Podcast. We appreciate you listening. However you get your podcast, if you could stop and drop us a review of a five-star, uh, we would really appreciate it. But even more importantly, if you could tell a friend about us. that's uh, we've, we've grown this thing pretty much organically uh, through word of mouth. And so if you could share with somebody what we have going on here at Shooters Touch, we would greatly appreciate it. And with that, uh, let's jump into today's episode. We got Garrett Sturtz. Drake Bulldog on with us. Garrett is from Newton, um, so just down the road here from us in the Des Moines area. Uh, grew up as a kid playing all sports and then slowly found his niche uh, on the basketball court and wanted to play collegiately and um, didn't always have the easiest track to get there. Uh, he tells us that story. It's really neat to kind of dive in a little bit as far as that process for him and then his time at Drake. Uh, overcoming adversity has been a big thing for not necessarily him as much as the team. Just one thing after another and they just keep finding ways to win games and um, Garrett himself has been on the all MVC bench team the last two years and just really provides a spark and some energy coming off the bench and a much needed lift uh, for the Bulldogs. And so he gets into that whole story and we kind of talk a little bit with him through those as normal. Uh, we really hope you enjoy it. Remember, as always, shoot or shoot. This episode of the Shooter's Touch is brought to you by Forged Athletics, your go-to spot for sports-specific trainers and athletes to get connected. Visit Forged Athletics at goforgedathletics.com and start improving your skills today. I was getting, I'm getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Well, welcome back, Shooters. As we mentioned, here is Garrett Sturtz. Welcome to the Shooters Touch, Garrett. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited, bud. Um, how are the first couple of days of practice gone? Um, going really well, really smooth. Um, just glad to be kind of back in the swing of things. I think all the guys are really back. I'm really glad to be back going at it. So, Does it have a little bit more of a normal feel than last year? Yeah, it's it's like almost a complete 180 kind of feel. Um, last year with all, you know, really not having a summer at all and then just kind of jumping in there and we could only do limited stuff to now we've got a full summer and now, you know, fully, you know, no limitations, basically it's, it's come kind of going back to normal how it was. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's good. That's reassuring for fans and hoop heads alike to know that things are going to be a little more normal this year. Um, yeah. Something new, though, uh, the Hoop Fest, court on court. Uh, Adam and I had a chance to go down and kind of check things out. Um, first time seemed like it was a success talking to everybody. I think they'll probably continue to do that. But uh, what was your takeaway on Thursday at that uh, Hoop Fest? Yeah, that was a really neat event. Um, I hope they do it um, uh, in the years coming. It was, 
you know, I didn't really know what to expect. And, you know, that to have a good turnout like that for the first time, it was, it was really exciting to see. Yeah, it was, it was neat. It was cool for uh, the community. Obviously you guys, um, you know, both programs, uh, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but what, what both the men's and the women's programs have been doing here in the last three to five years has been a lot of fun to, to be a part of. And so uh, that, that just kind of added to the excitement as far as um, uh, what's coming here this year. But uh, before we get into the Drake Bulldogs, we want to turn it back. We want to know a little bit uh, growing up. Uh, what was your childhood like? Uh, brothers and sisters, just kind of a, a, a normal day, a normal weekend uh, at the Sturt's house. Yeah, so um, I, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm, that I do a lot of tell people is I'm from Newton, Iowa. A lot of people maybe not know where that's at or how big it is or whatever, but um, it's, a, it's a good pit stop on the way to Iowa City, right? Isn't that what it is? <laughs> but I'm, a, I'm really proud to be from there. That's, that's <laughs> the first thing I tell people about myself. So I'm from Newton, Iowa. And um, so, but as childhood, so I got two older siblings, a brother and a sister. Um, and I mean, they're as rough and tough as, as siblings can be, you know, they would, as being the youngest, they would beat up on me, especially my, my older brother, he's older, older than me by four years. So, I mean, we would, we have a basketball hoop in the driveway, whole full, like a whole court, half court type thing, kind of like the court Ave Avenue deal there. And, um, I mean, I don't know how our neighbors liked us growing up, but, um, I mean, there was late nights screaming, yelling. Our dad would hate it because uh, I don't know how many times he had to fix sidings or different things in the roof, balls being thrown, kicked and everything. So sounds I mean, normal to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it sounds normal. Yeah. So <laughs> well, that's good. So uh, uh, growing up was, did you play a bunch of sports or what was that like? Was it just yeah. whatever season it was, we're going? Yeah. So I, I played, even in high school, I played four sports. I played football, uh, basketball, soccer, and baseball. And then um, I, I gave up soccer after my freshman year. Um, and then after my sophomore year, I gave up baseball. And then I, so I just played um, football and basketball through, um, throughout the whole four years of my high what school. Posi- what position in football? I was a quarterback, so. I, I feel like I remember that. And uh, you kind of fit the mold, too. So I can, yeah. I can I, see you out there directing traffic. Directing traffic. I, I, when people – Ask me when I played quarterback, you know, they're like, well, you have a pretty good arm. And I was like, well, I could throw it, but I didn't really throw that much. I was a runner. I just ran the ball. We ran like a triple option. So yep. making reads nice. all the time on that. But I was, a, and people are a little surprised by that. I was, I was carrying the ball like every possession. So that's awesome. Um, so it's, it sounds like, uh, you know, your basic small town, smaller town, obviously yeah. Newton's not that small, but smaller town, um, Iowa, childhood growing up. Uh, what do you remember about your first competitive basketball game? When was it? Was there was it like second, third grade? When were you like, okay, this this is a real basketball game? Probably in second and third grade. So I so I played up um, a grade ever since I think right when I started kind of playing AU, I played up with the grade because um, Connor Golson, who was on who's a who was on the Drake team um, last year, and so and we played all high school together and everything. So we his dad had a team with him and then some of the other players. So they just brought me up right away and kind of just, we kind of gelled together with a, a group of guys there. So from the get go, I, yeah, it was, I just had, I remember a lot of as competitive standpoint as younger, I just remember, you know, Connor was always kind of there um, right next to me for the whole time with AU and stuff growing up like that. So. 
And then did you guys um, go on and did you, what'd you do for summer? Did you play club AU? Um, yeah, I played, yep, I played club AU. So I played with a team kind of out of Grinnell, Iowa called Iowa intensity. So I played with them for, for the most of my, from probably from third to probably 11th or 10th grade. Right. So, and then for my last summer of AU, I played with the Iowa barnstormers. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, so then you had, obviously, with all your other sports and everything going on, when, um, so you, you kind of talked a little bit about those other sports dropping. I assume baseball uh, had something to do with basketball summer schedule and wanting to play, but uh, when did when when did you kind of start to think, like, hey, this next level stuff, it's probably going to come uh, on the basketball court? I'd probably say probably about eighth grade or so. I was just spending so much time with basketball, and I was just thinking, you know, this is – the way the way my build is as a as a person, I was thinking, you know, you know, I love football, but it's probably not going to be forever. Um, you know, soccer, uh, you know, I'm I'm not the best with the feet, and I mean maybe baseball, but I was thinking, you know what, basketball is probably is probably going to be my direction. And um, so probably around eighth grade, I thought, and that's kind of just what I I wanted to do. I, I was spending so much time with it, working out and everything that I was just kind of feeling like that's probably what I'm going to do uh, collegiately. Yeah, no, well, obviously made the right decision there. So um, let's talk a little bit about high school. So obviously your uh, individual career was extremely prolific. Um, scoring was not a problem for you. I got a couple of games here, 56, 54, 47. I mean, you were definitely a certified bucket in high school and uh, getting points anyway in every way. Um, had a chance to see uh, a few of your games and it was I mean it was inside out it was all over the place it was give me the ball get out of the way but uh and you had some guys that um was you know where you guys were able to do some things um make a run your senior year and ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw right city west is that yeah. who you guys faced in state tournament mm -hmm. yeah. that would have been because patrick's the same age as you right uh he's a great below he's so. below you okay yep. so ran into so, those guys yeah but um so let's let's take a look so junior year um junior year, what what do you remember about junior year okay this is kind of the time where you know you're stepping into for sure a leadership role if you didn't already have it and so mm -hmm. junior year, what do you remember um well i just the biggest thing that i remember is what well, just with the team that we had that this was probably going to be a historic team for for new in basketball because since going when we made the state tournament that was the first time in like 50 years that that Newton has ever made the state tournament and and that was kind of always on our back of our mind that we always wanted to do as that team so that was kind of the big expectations going into that season um the year before my sophomore year we lost in the sub-state finals and so you know that that year was all whole focused on just we're gonna um we're just gonna and we're just gonna try to make it to the state tournament and we got moved up to 4a that year the year before we were 3a it kind of goes back and forth all the time with with Newton, but um, we we didn't really have a problem with that. We were kind of excited that we kind of got to go up and you know this is the top of the, the class in Iowa, so like you know we get to prove to see how really good we are. Um, but you know that that was kind of probably the defining year of for me personally. Just was like you know this was if this was going to be a good chance to, for recruiting wise and just individually wise to see where I rank against some of the other some of the other guys. That was probably going to be the year. Yeah, and uh, had a good one, um, obviously, going through your junior year um, and starting to. So when did so when did you start start seeing the letters start coming in? When were when were you starting to get on radar? Was it 
um, after your junior season and going into um, your senior summer or when, when did things kind of start to really become real for you? That's, uh, that's probably exactly where it started to sort of come right after that state tournament um, tournament run that we had, that was, I started kind of getting a little more buzz with the, with the recruitment and stuff. And then going into that summer uh, uh, AU season, playing with the Bard Stormers, I started to get a little more recruitment though. Yeah, no. And then, so then you go into your senior year and, and like you said, you can kind of tell a little bit of a, a chip on your shoulder coming from Newton, wanting to, you know, get moved up for a trying to prove your guys. Um, and uh, you went out and poured 764 points. It looks like on them your senior year. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. And um would have led the state in scoring if it wasn't for a guy named Joe Wieskamp, um, who yeah. probably did you guys play Barnstormers together? Yeah, we did. So our, so. our team for the Barnstormers was pretty good. We had we had Joe Wieskamp, we had AJ Green, um, and then we had uh, Joey Hauser. He was he was at Marquette, um, now he's at Michigan State. Yeah. And we had a guy, Ed Chang. Um, he's been kind of a, a little bit of all over the place, but I think he's at Missouri right now. And then we had couple other guys from Iowa that are that were playing some D1 and D2 ball so I mean we, we had a pretty good team yeah those you guys had I mean between you Joe and AJ it's kind of wondering if there's enough basketballs out there to get, get yeah <laughs> get enough yeah. shots out you guys all right. three can score with anybody so um so go so take us a walk us through a little bit of that senior year just as far as some of the highlights for you you know being your senior year you we all know it's got to come to an end at some point, even though we don't ever think that far ahead. But what do you remember going senior year um, and kind of the emotions that that took you through? Um, you know, after after that, the the junior year kind of and then the state tournament and everything, we kind of wanted to get back to that. But it was going to be kind of a little rebuilding process. We were going to be a little younger. Um, so kind of one of the goals that I had was, you know, I want to get these guys ready so that when it comes to after me and after after some of the guys have left, like that they can kind of carry on the success that we had that we kind of built during that, during that program and everything. Um, that was one of, one of the goals. And then, you know, for, for me, it was, it was kind of personal a little bit with the recruiting wise. I, you know, I was getting, a, I was getting more recruited than when I, when I had in the past, but I still wasn't getting recruited heavily by really anyone, to be honest. Like, I mean, I had, I had some schools talking to me, but I had no offers. I had, going into that senior season. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to base the whole season just about, about me at all. You know, I, I, I wanted, I wanted everyone, I wanted the team to have success and everything. Most importantly, the team to have success. And I knew if, if we were winning, then, then that would still open up my recruitment. You know, coaches, coaches do like to, to look for people who are successful like that. Um, but for me, it was, it was just, I was just trying to find a destination to play for, for the next year. Yeah. Absolutely. So then take me to the final buzzer. Your senior year comes to an end. Um, what, what do you remember feeling kind of as the horn sounds or as you get an opportunity to take that jersey off for the last time? Yeah, I mean, it was emotional. You know, it, Newton has been it's been a big part of part of me for, for the longest time. It still is a big part of me. Um, and it was sad to kind of see how that how we went out. We lost by one point to Indianola. Um, and I mean, we were right there and and. For me, it was like the first time I've been out in the playoffs, like in the first round. So it was kind of a different experience. But um, but I mean, it was at that point, I knew there was going to be more basketball to come. I just didn't know exactly where. But it was definitely sad to see, you know, my my time at Newton come to an end like that. So, 
Well, it's always, it's always different. We talk to people at all levels, but you know, when you're playing with the kids from across the street that you grew up with, or the guy, you know, down the block, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit more special. And so when that time comes to an end, like you said, even though you know that there's more basketball, it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes can be hard to turn the page from that just because those are memories that we hold so fond of. Um, but so then what was, what was the path as, as your final game, did you have an idea? Was Drake already a decision or to walk us through when the decision, um, was made to go to Drake? So Drake, Drake kind of had been recruiting me at the beginning of the summer that going into my senior year and we were just talking a little bit. So they were definitely one of the top schools that I was thinking about. Um, but I told them that I kind of wanted to leave it open to the end of the year. I didn't think it was going to hurt anything. Um, I mean, I, they weren't going to, they weren't going to offer me a scholarship, but they were talking about a walk-on position. So I was just, I told them that I was probably just going to leave it till the end just to see and just get as many opportunities as I could. Um, and then I had, I had a couple other, I had a D2, um, I had a couple of D2s that were, that were talking and, and looking at me. Um, I mean, I had a couple of other D2s like Truman State was looking at me in Northwest Missouri State. They were looking at me for, probably for my junior till my senior year, but I think they got a couple of other guys that they wanted um, and they offered. So kind of stopped recruiting, recruiting me after a while. But uh, I had a school in San Diego called Point Loma, the D2. I think they were, they might've just won the national championship a couple of years ago and uh, for D2. And so they were looking at me and I mean, it was a beautiful school down there. It's like on the beach. San Diego, how do you turn down yeah. San Diego? Jeez. <laughs> but, um, other than that, I mean, Drake was probably, I mean, just because of how they, how they talked to me, um, just the, the share of the love of, of the way I played and everything, they, they really liked me, enjoyed me. So, I mean, they were probably on my top priority, but other than that, I didn't have any, I didn't have any other offers. I didn't have, I mean, Central College, is, it's been like a second home to me. My, both my parents graduated there. My mom works there. So I, they were always, you know, in communication with me, but other than that, Drake was probably literally my only option that I really felt like these guys actually actually want me there. So, man, you would have you would have murdered down at Central. Uh, that would have been <laughs> interesting to watch. But um, uh, so so with Drake, that was was that Nico staff then that was recruiting yeah, you? Yeah, so that was a completely different staff. That was with Nico Medved and Ali Faroknish, and so Ali did all all the recruiting for me. And um, you know, I I really enjoyed Ali. We still stay in touch a little bit. Um, and I don't know if he just saw a little bit, a little bit of himself in me, because he had kind of had a little interesting ride, kind of getting getting to you and I and everything in his his college career and his recruitment. But um, so when they told, so I committed to them um, after this after my senior year. You know, I, I told them that I was I'd come and walk on for him and everything. And then I don't know, maybe been a couple weeks, and then they they called me and said that they were going to accept the job at Colorado State. So I, I didn't know really quite what to do after that. I was like, well, geez, um, uh, this is we'll have to open up again, I guess. And um, so I kind of just waited there for a couple of weeks. I didn't know really what was going to happen. I was going to wait to see if when Drake hired their new coach um, and maybe see if that opportunity would still arise. Um, but then during that time, I got a call from, um, from Truman State with uh, Jeff Horner. Um, and he just accepted the job down there and he was talking to me about getting me down there. So I really did consider going to Truman State with Jeff Horner. I mean, obviously 
you know, Jeff Horner, you know, I, I yeah. don't have no explanation for that. I mean, I'm an unbelievable player and coach and everything. So um, I really did think about them. And then, um, you know, Coach DeVries got the job and he, uh, he called me, and, you know, he really, he didn't really say, he's like, you know, I really haven't watched film on you at all. He's like, I know that you're walking on here. He goes, so if you still want to walk on, you, you still can, you know, um, you can come down for the summer and work out and everything. So I was just like, you know, that's, that's good enough for me. So I'll, I'll still walk on and everything, just try it out, you know. Well, and, and honestly, obviously worked out and we'll get to, we'll get to that in your career, yeah. Drake, but uh, just DeVries and his personality um, and what little I know, uh, obviously about you and your personality, seems like it would go, uh, go really yeah. well. And, and obviously it has, but um, uh, so, so was junior college ever a thought you t- you mentioned Ali and kind of his route. Did, did yeah. that ever hit your radar or not? Um, I always kind of had it in the back of my mind, like, you know, that, that could be an option that I, I, I go to, to a Juco and play for a couple of years developed. And then, and honestly, probably my recruitment would be probably opened up a little, a lot more than, than what it was in high school. But I just, I don't know. I just kind of wanted, I just kind of wanted to get to like a, a place right away and then just develop into that program other than kind of just not bouncing back and forth, but, you know, go to, go to Juco and just, you know, do skill development and stuff and then get prepared for that level. I just kind of wanted to get into a program, show what I'm capable of. If I had a red shirt, red shirt, and then just kind of get used to that program and the style of their play that fits me and then, and then play from there. So I just kind of wanted to jump into, into a program. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. We think you made the right decision. Although Truman, Truman down there with coach Horner, where we know Horner well. And so that would have been, uh, and obviously the success that they had, yeah. um, was that last year now or two years last year? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that would have, that would have been an interesting little cog there too. You just, you never know, but, uh, yeah, ultimately, ultimately think you made the right decision and, uh, it, it seems like you've been happy thus far. Yeah. So, well, perfect. Uh, let's with that then. Let's let's talk a little bit about Drake. Adam, you wanna wanna jump in and uh, get this get this bulldog talk going? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think one of the actually we talk about it a lot on the podcast here, Garrett, with with players um, that transition from high school to college. Um, what would you say if you had to pick one or two things? What would you say are the one or two things that were the biggest transition um, in your mind? Um. I think the biggest thing, and I think a lot of people talk about it, it's just kind of the speed of the game. But then when I talk about kind of with the speed of the game is, you know, it's a lot more up pace, but it's a lot more physical and stuff. And, and with that is you can't really hide anywhere. You can't make mistakes. So um, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is, is, you know, if, if, if you really can't, you know, if you can't play and you can't make the right plays, you can't play the right way, you will get, ex- you know, I don't want to say you get exposed out there. You, you can't hide it. Oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah. And you, got, and you got other great players on, on the court. So it's it's definitely different because, you know, maybe maybe in high school you're playing against maybe one or other two players that are that are, are really good or are thinking about going collegiate level and everything on the other teams. But, you know, when you when you get to, you know, a high level, uh, you know, division one level, you know, everyone's here because they were the stars at their at their school. Everyone's here because they can play the game of basketball. So there is really no no leeway to make any mistakes. You're exactly right. And I mean, especially in the Missouri Valley, you know, you mentioned it that, you know, everybody who's playing was the man on their team or the second guy on their team. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, everybody knows how to play. Every, every, everybody's good at the sport of basketball where. 
in high school, whether it be one, two, three, four, five, a, you, you know, you are going to run into teams that, that, you know, don't have those five guys on the court. So I think that is a huge transition that, that a lot of people talk about, but another transition, um, I guess with you would be, you know, the score, you know, we already talked about how many points you scored and then coming into a program, you know, not only as a walk-on, um, with a coach that, you know, as you said, he mentioned, he hasn't really watched a lot of film on you. Um, what was, what was your mindset going into that? Was it always kind of do whatever I need to do? Um, or was that a meeting with, with, I, um, with, you know, coach DeVries where he said, Hey, I need you in this role. You know, that was, it was kind of a big adjustment because, you know, walking on that first summer when I got there and this was like a whole new team that had got, I mean, we had like 10 new guys that we had, and we had really, we had some really good guys. You had Brady Ellingson, Nick Norton, Nick McGlynn. I mean, we had, we had some guys. So right away, the first week or so, I'm like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to touch the court with these guys, it's not because I'm shooting 40 shots a night, like I was in high school, you know, they, they got the guys to score the ball. So I was just trying to find different ways to, to kind of insert myself. And in that first summer, that first month of that, of that summer, I really wasn't getting as many, a lot of reps, you know, in, in the workouts and stuff, you know, I'd be thrown in here and there, but as far as, you know, this is a whole new team. We're trying to build a whole new program, insert a, insert a philosophy, you know, in the first summer and we got to be ready to go in a couple of months. So they're, they had their guys that they brought in, you know, working out and, and getting all the reps that were needed. And then, I think it was probably kind of like maybe in July there I was, you know, I was talking to coaches and stuff. I wasn't really asking them, you know, specifically what I, what I need to do to hit the floor, but I was kind of just, I kind of recognized and was adjusting that, you know, if I'm going to be on the floor, it's going to be because, you know, I can play, you know, I got to play, be able to play defense. I got to be able to guard the ball. I got to, you know, I got to crash the boards and, and rebound. I think that was kind of one of their big things. And then, you know, I was, you know, without the ball in my hand, I kind of got a, an act for, for moving without it and, and not moving just to, to cut, to score, move it to maybe get a different position wise for the, for the offense and maybe open up something else for anyone. So what, um, with you not getting those reps, as you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm reading right here that, you know, it looks like you played in every single game your freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you, how did you see the floor? You, you mentioned stuff you had to do. Um, you know, was that just a lot of time watching film? Was that a lot of time in the gym before and after or a little bit of both? Or, or what was that? What, what was that freshman year like off the court? Um, it was definitely it was kind of a little both of that trying to just learn because, I mean, going into college, you think and you play basketball your whole life. You think you actually know a lot about the game of basketball. But then you kind of actually figure out there's a whole nother side of, of what actually basketball is. Oh, yeah. and so you, when you watch film, you're like, wow, that's, you know, that's completely different than what I was actually thinking. And, and you learn a lot more of that game. And I think that was kind of the biggest thing. And that kind of was my biggest thing in, in practice and stuff without actually being on the floor and getting all the reps when coach was talking or saying stuff or when, and I would work out with some of the older guys like Brady Ellison or Nick Norton, who I've become pretty good friends with. And, um, and, and you just listen to talk to them because they played back, they played, Collegiate basketball, Division One basketball for four years leading up to that year, so you're like they know they know how what what to do to you know to play and to play at a high level. So just trying to pick up on any any little tip, anything that they have to give to me, and especially with the coaches whenever they're saying anything, um, when they're stopping a drill or anything, I was just trying to pick up on that as much as I could. Just basically getting myself a mental rep so that when I go in there, I'm not making the same mistakes or anything. Yeah, you know, I've I've uh, 
heard that from a, from a lot of good players too, that, you know, those mental reps are way more important than a lot of people know. And, you know, I think the, I think the sooner as a freshman or as, as a youngster coming into any program, the sooner you can uh, realize that you don't know everything about basketball, I think the better. Yeah, for sure. If you, if you can come open-minded every day and just be very coachable, just whatever, whatever the coach is asking for you or, or what they're asking or what they're looking for of that day specifically, or in the long term, I just be open to just to do it. And yeah. I, I can, that's, that'd be go that goes way beyond basketball to other sports, just life in general. So. Absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. But uh, well, let's move on to your sophomore year here. Um, you know, uh, at the end of your sophomore year, all bench team in the Missouri Valley scholar athlete, um, obviously two prestigious uh, awards there. Um, what was different about that sophomore year coming in? Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that changed by your freshman year and sophomore year. You kind of kind of used to it. Um, how did the how did you know, how did the Bulldogs change? How did the coaching staff change that sophomore year? Um, I mean, our, my sophomore year probably compared to the re- other years, it wasn't as successful as as some of the other ones. Um, we saw a 21 season and everything, but we were. But we were kind of still hungry a little bit. We finished eighth in, in the NBC that year, which was, was not really – we're not too fond about that at all. But we saw it, we saw it a pretty good team. But for me, it was still kind of another another year of, of learning and adjusting. You know, I had, a, not, I had a little bigger role that year and just kind of just trying to improve and add some different things to my game. So – and it's kind of been like that each year, you know, it's just been – just adding a little extra thing, getting a little bigger role. And, and the coaches have been kind of more relying on me a little bit more. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. And, I'm, and, and, and moving into that sophomore year, I had a kind of a, just a little bigger, more role, not as much as, as uh, just as, as kind of like the freshman year of rebounding and playing defense. They're kind of looking for me to score a little bit more, which I was excited about. Um, and, and so that was kind of, kind of the recap, a little bit of that, of that sophomore year. Yeah, I mean, I think just from my angle and, 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 you know, I mean, Brian and I have talked about it, I guess, multiple times when, you know, especially your sophomore year and last year, you know, it seemed like when, when they needed a bucket, you know, and the, and the scorers weren't, were having an off night or, or, or maybe weren't open, you know, you were open, you just knock down shots, you know, you may not be the, you know, you may not be the guy on the floor who scores the most, um, however, it, it seemed like you were prepared, you know, prepared for that moment. So that's, uh, you know, how, how I guess I noticed it. So, um, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, you know, sophomore year may not have ended the way you guys wanted to, and obviously not ended the way anybody wanted to that year, uh, with COVID hitting and, you know, NCAA tournament getting, getting axed and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, obviously a lot of things, um, that were unknown after your sophomore year in that summer, you know, leading up to the season. Um, just take us through that, that, that maybe one or two months before the season started for your junior year, you know, what was different? Uh, how did, how did your team, how did, how did the Drake Bulldogs handle that? Yeah, it was, it was kind of completely different than what we were used to, especially in the summer uh, leading up to that. We didn't have any, any group interaction, basically. No, we didn't, we hadn't seen any, we had seen the, some of the freshmen play and some of the newcomers play, but we hadn't really played all together five on five. So um, it was kind of just all individual and small group workouts, which was, which I think honestly was quite, was quite nice. I think we got to, you know, I, I, last year I lived with, with Roman Penn and DJ Wilkins and some of these other guards. And I was able to just, when we would go and work out um, in the mornings and late at night and stuff, and just working out with those guys. So just working on different stuff of the skill set, And, you know, it, it wasn't, 
ideal for us because we didn't have a whole team aspect thing. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed kind of those those months where we were, you know, just bonding together as just kind of us three um, and and some of the other guys, too, and, and just working on some skill set and, and getting ready for the season. Yeah, so as we kind of look through as you're, you're walking us through the timeline a little bit, um, it just seems like adversity kind of just builds character for you guys because you talk about your freshman year, obviously injuries. Um, you guys had a really good team, Norton, um, DJ, McGlynn, all down the stretch. I mean, you, you, it got to the point where you were handling, you had to bring the ball up. And I know that that's probably not something that uh, you're going to shy away from, but also probably like, wait, wait a minute, I, this hasn't been my role. And then you talk about your sophomore year, a lot of those seniors, those guys are gone. Um, you know, you mentioned 20 wins, but it's still kind of, felt like a little bit of a rebuild and, and kind of get some of these guys because you had, you know, McGlynn, um, who'd been there, what felt like forever, um, and Gaten, or, uh, um, with Brady and Norton. And so then, all right, here we go, year two. And then year three, you throw a COVID in there. And I mean, just, it's just been one thing after another. Um, but I think the thing that, you know, hashtag hometown team that everybody loves is the fact that you guys just continue no matter what it is you continue to kind of answer the bell and overcome adversity and I think it says a lot about this team um your guys' togetherness and then ultimately just the character that all of you guys have and so how does that how does that culture get built I mean you mentioned kind of you guys living together and um getting an opportunity to get some late night workouts in but uh there's got to be more to it I mean what's is it the guys that coaches bringing in that just kind of seem to have similar stories or what do you think it is that helps with that culture and overcoming adversity? Um, I'd say it was, it was kind of the standard when we kind of, when we first got all, all together in there with, when we brought in 10 new guys and, and with the, the senior leaders like Nick McGlynn, Nick Morton and Brady Ellis. And we, you know, we kind of set our standard right there and they were, they were really, they were really those three seniors were, I mean, they, they enforced all time, you know, here's our standard, you know, if we want to be NBC championships, if we want to go to the NCAA tournament, here's what we have to do. Here's our standard. And after those guys left, we still had a big group of those guys that were, that was still kind of the original group. We saw like eight, nine guys that were still kind of from the original where they set those standards. And so we've been just kind of carrying that on throughout, even, even after some of the seniors left and some, and some of the original group has left, we've been still carrying on that, that standards, even, even today, you know, we, and, and uh, even this year, we're, we're still, we still got a group of guys that are from the original and we're still trying to carry on those standards. And, and it just, and it kind of just group and as the whole group, it, it kind of gets us on the same page, the same level. And um, it kind of shows kind of those younger guys and some of the new, the newcomers, um, you know, here's the ropes. This is what we have to do to get back. And um, you know, you never know when your number is going to be called. So you got to be ready. And um, and and it's shown over the past, it's shown over the past, you know, three years that you know our depth, and you know, you just throw throw anyone in there out, and you know, and basically everyone can play, which is it, it's kind of been amazing looking back over the over the past three years that we still find success even with you know some of the big guys on our team, you know, out. Yeah, and I think you know exactly what Brian said. That's exactly what I think too. And you know, I've known um, Coach DeVries for a while. Um, I've known Marty for a while. We had Marty on, and you know, with Coach DeVries, that kind of seems like his mentality. You know, with with I guess anything. You know, it doesn't matter what you throw at us. We're gonna still do what we do, and we're gonna, we're still gonna give it 110. percent And if it works out, it works out. And then Marty obviously just feel like he's 
you know, Mr. Positive, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter what, what happens, you know, we're still going to do what, what we do that way. And we're going to be positive about it. We're just going to get it done. Yeah. Both, both those guys, no matter, no matter the scenario or the circumstances, they're just going to find a way to win. And it doesn't matter if we have to play with two guys, three guys, you know, they're going to be harping on us. Just, just go out there right. and find a way to win. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think you guys kind of toe the line too between obviously having success. And so success kind of breeds success and you guys want to keep winning. And then you kind of have a few setbacks where you kind of get just to that point where you stay hungry. So you still kind of like have the chip on your shoulder, but you you get the taste of success. And so you guys just continue to to find ways to win. And, you know, and, and I think it just speaks volumes to your guys' program and what you guys are doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's go back to, uh, let's go back to before your, uh, right before last year, before last season, um, mm-hmm. you mentioned, you mentioned workouts were, were maybe small, you know, small group workouts, obviously during the summer, that was the case, but how, um, how many, was it a month? Was it a month and a half that you had, you know, the full team practices and how, how did those look, you know, were you trying to stay away from a certain group of people every, every day or, or, or what did that look like? Yeah. So we probably had about a month leading probably from like beginning of October till till November there and um, I mean practices were kind of they were spaced out a little bit we still were able to do you know a lot of five on five stuff but it was definitely spaced out we all had to wear these sensors that would that would start blinking and and telling you that you're you're too close to someone you got to say distance you got to be you know six feet apart from each other and you couldn't you couldn't have a cumulative time of over 15 minutes next to someone um, or if they got COVID or, or if I had COVID, then that we would knock out both of us. So, so whenever we did, we would, you know, break out into stuff, or if you're in line waiting for a rep or on the sideline or just, or playing after we were playing, you know, you had to be spaced out, make sure that we're staying away from each other. It was kind of definitely a little different, you know, if, if coaches trying to break down a drill, you know, everyone's just spaced across the whole gym and, coaches yelling trying to figure out what what's going on um but as, that was probably just a completely that was just completely different as far as as the drills and when you're in playing it was kind of it was kind of normal you know it, it didn't really it didn't really matter if you know how you know how close or you just sweating and breathing all over each other basically <laughs> but um outside of that you had to uh you had to be really distanced and we had no locker room basically you'd show up ready to go we 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 cut off the locker room just so because it's just a confined space and we didn't want anyone we didn't want it we wanted to eliminate any anything that we could control to just to not knock us out and i the coaches and and the athletic department did a really good job on on limiting our cases i mean we only in the middle of the season we only had had one one really case that knocked out a couple of guys but we didn't have to miss any games or really anything for that so, I mean, they did, did a really good job, but that was probably just a complete, the, just kind of the structures of practice and, and what you had to do before that. And, and there was times where we had to wear masks and practice too. Um, but uh, I mean, it was just something that never, never really seen before experience. Right. Before, so. Yeah. And I mean, just from me and obviously, you know, Brian and probably, I mean, majority of our listeners are just like, man, that sounds so crazy. I mean, but that's, you know, as you kind of mentioned, that's what you needed to do to, to I guess, minimize if somebody were to get COVID or, or, you know, contract it, I guess, minimize who would be out and just make sure you guys can play. Yeah, for sure. What, um, obviously the Missouri Valley, they, they elected to go, go to a 
home and home or away away schedule. Um, how did uh, how different was that? Um, and was that um, a struggle that you had to that even took half half the season in order for you guys to get used to that? Um, or did it, you know, just kind of it was the way it was. So you just kind of did it. Yeah, I would say it was kind of just the way it was. So we kind of did it, but it was definitely, it was definitely different. And I don't know if, I don't know if I have mixed emotions about it. Like, you know, I didn't mind the format sometimes when you're at home and you play back to back yeah. home games, that's really fun. Um, yeah. But sometimes when you're away and you're playing back to back away games, you know, that sometimes isn't, isn't the best, best scenario. Um, but, you know, it was kind of neat um, the, to play back to back games. Cause you know, so, you know, if, if the team caught you off guard a little bit, you, you know, you had, you would, you know, you had to just adjust real quick on the fly basically and be ready to go the next day, which is, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun like that. You know, it's, it's almost like a pickup game where, you know, right after you play, if you lose or you win, you want to, you want to play again and you get to have the chance to go again the next day. But, um, you know, but I don't mind, you know, playing, playing a team and then, you know, waiting another month and, and playing in another team and playing the same team again, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the first game didn't go as well as you want, and then you can adjust and you have time to play again. Um, and the, the other case can be, you know, the completely different too. You know, you could have beat a team and then, you know, maybe they got in a hot streak leading up to you and now you got to face them again. And maybe they're a little tougher opponent. So I have a right. little mixed emotions about it, but I, I honestly didn't mind, mind the back-to-back games. Well, I tell you what, I went to, um, the Loyola game uh, or the Loyola games here in the morning after that first night, I, I thought to myself, I kind of like this. Now I get to, now I get to come back tomorrow night and see the same thing. So that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, luckily it wasn't the same thing though. Right? Luckily it wasn't the <laughs> yeah, same luck, thing. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little better game. A little better game the second time around. That's, that's where it kind of plays into your advantage. You kind of get a little pissed off and you're like, let's run that back. Cause that, that's not what we wanted right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially on the yep. home court. Yeah. exactly exactly but uh well hey, let's um i guess let's maybe jump ahead uh we get done with the with 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 the valley tournament waiting on selection sunday what was that week leading up to it um and then and then let's talk a little bit about selection sunday how did uh how was that um how was that process for you guys um you know we we obviously wanted we did we knew we had a good chance of probably making it but we we wanted to we wanted to win the NBC tournament. So there was no doubt about it. And I think every team going into that tournament obviously wants to win it. So there's, there's no doubt about that. You're making the tournament, but um, you know, we kind of made, you know, that week of practice leading up to the selection Sunday, it was kind of just, it was kind of normal. We kept the foot on the pedal, kind of just still going after it, even though there wasn't a set game in sight, a set opponent in sight, we were still just, you know, getting after it, just staying prepared because we knew that we had a high chance of getting selected like that. And, I mean, it, it was pretty neat to see us selected, you know, it was kind of right away, you know, it felt like I sat down for a couple minutes and they select us right away. So, you know, it was, it was kind of help, you know, I had to wait there for, you know, an hour and just, yeah. just waiting up the anxiety and everything, Sweating. you know, if you're going to make it or not. But, you know, it was, it was kind of, it was really exciting to, to see that and, and growing up, you know, as a kid in Newton, Iowa, just to play in the NCAA tournament, that's, it's pretty neat, especially when, you know, just a couple of years ago, I didn't know if I was where I was going to be playing in my next basketball. Right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, just if nothing else and, and, and awesome thing to talk about, but, uh, all right. So you get selected. What happens after that? Um, obviously everything's different that year. Um, are you, are you guys getting on a plane immediately, getting on a bus immediately? Do you have a couple of days of practice? What did that look like? 
Um, we had, we, we thought we were going to, we were probably going to fly out that, that night if we got selected. Um, but fortunately we, we, we got to be able to take that night off. And then in the morning we got on a, on a plane and, and flew out to Indianapolis, but that was their big thing. They, the NCAA wanted everyone out there as quick as possible. So some people, um, some other, you know, other conferences, they played their conference tournament and then they had to fly right over there if, if they, if they made it or got selected. So they really had no break, but we just had that basically from that Sunday, but that Monday we were, we were flying out of there. Um, and then, I mean, it was, it was a completely different, I had, I had never been to the NCAA tournament before, so I didn't know compared to the other years, but, you know, right away, you could tell it was a lot different with all the, with the COVID protocols and everything. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? What it was testing like, cause it, did it, did they, they treat it kind of like a bubble, right? And the fact that I tried yeah. to keep you guys away from as many people as possible. Yeah. So the, right when we got there, we got tested. And so right when we got off the plane, got on a couple of different buses to spaces out and everything. Um, then we got tested right away. And for the next 24 hours from that point we got tested, we couldn't have any, any communication, basically any interaction with any player or coach at all. So we got on our level of the hotel and we got in our room and you were basically stuck there for the next 24 hours. Meals would be outside your door. And so basically you're on your, you're basically on your own there for, for 24 hours. And then wow. once all the tests were cleared, um, then we'd be able to start practice and, and do some workouts and stuff. But testing was on a regular basis. It was, it was like, it was every morning at six in the morning. And then, um, and then if everyone was clear and everything, then you could, could work out and, and do all that stuff. So what was your 24 hours consist of then? You're watching film, watching Netflix, gaming. What are you doing here? for well, 24 I'm watching hours? a little film. Um, but at that time I, I was trying to catch up on some homework and stuff. I, I was in there just, was doing all this schoolwork and I'm like I'm at the I'm in Indianapolis at the March Madness we're, we're gonna we're gonna have homework right now I was like this is this is how I take in the experience so yeah that's not what you thought it would be when you're yeah that wasn't that was not what I was planning what it was gonna what it was gonna be like so that's funny that's funny so what did uh I mean you know like meals and stuff you mentioned during that 24 hours was it uh meals always, always outside your door that entire week slash weekend you guys were there um not not necessarily after after if we got tested and it was and it was everyone was okay then we could have could have meals in um in just like a conference room with our team gotcha. um but it was still kind of spaced out um mm -hmm. a little bit um but but after but once you got tested and you were positive i mean you would have to walk around with mask on but it was but basically everyone there is is covid free too so it's yep. it was kind of it was a little it wasn't it was leaning a little bit but there's still some limitations but I, I mean they treated it kind of just like the bubble and everything so gotcha gotcha um okay so so you draw which which tough state shockers um what was the game plan going into that game um we knew they had their one of their one of their guards was their big score i mean he i mean he was scoring 20 some a night and our big mission was just to to just limit his touches and limit his shots his his open looks that he got and we put uh dj wilkins on him and i mean I, dj did a phenomenal job and it, and it wasn't that very high score of a game i mean it was it was a very it wasn't probably the most entertaining game uh, at all for that tournament at um you know 50 points it felt like no one could make a make a shot but um leading into that game it was it was kind of a lot of focus on their guard plays because they were they had some really good guards and um and kind of just 
kind of just limit kind of limit their offense. But we thought we had opportunities to to exploit in their defense and 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 score with and get out in transition and stuff. Um, obviously, we didn't we didn't exploit it too well with you know such a low scoring game, but. Um, but DJ was probably probably the player of the game on that one with with his defense and, and it, it kind of kept us in the game. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned the scoring, but I feel like, you know, I was watching that game and when it was whatever it was with, you know, 11, 12 minutes gone, maybe like 10 to 11 or something like that. I was like, I think this is playing right into what to what they need. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously, obviously, you know, yes, we had a had a crazy incredible game there too so that helped out but um you know down the stretch um you know what was maybe last I me mean, four or five minutes what was it like in the huddle was it confidence in there I'm assuming it was but what was that like um I think the big thing that we were just talking about is just we just first the team that gets most stops here down the stretch is, is gonna have a chance to win you know um I mean it was it was a tight it was kind of a tight knit game they kind of got out and had a kind of a bigger lead there I mean, the first half kind of going in that beginning of that second half, they kind of had a, a bigger lead, but we knew that if we just, if we could string together, you know, four stops here and, and we can get a chance at a good look at a shot on the other side that we're going to have a, a really good chance. We're going to be in a good position here with a minute to go or so. So, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and luckily we were able to, to do that. And, and a couple guys hit some, some big time shots down the stretch and, and we would pull that out. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was great to see. Great yeah. to see. Yeah, I mean, you're being you a little. It was like 11 point game with five minutes to go, and I was yeah. like, okay. But however, I will give you guys credit. I mean, second half team all year, um, and so I honestly never felt like you guys were out of it. Um, right. But the low scoring doesn't take away from how intense that last five minutes was, um, and you guys kind of, I think, kind of mixed it up, picking them up full court, and kind of putting a lot of pressure on them, got them to turn it over, and obviously erase that 11-point lead. But that was sitting at home and watching it. it uh, if you're a basketball head, that was nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah. and exciting, even if it was 52, 50, whatever. That yeah. Was, three. yeah. But uh, it was, that, was, that was a fun game, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, obviously, with NSA tournament, you know, short uh, turnaround time, draw USC after that. Um, what, was the ga- what was the game plan for them? I mean, they had, obviously they had two the two two brothers, Mobley Mobley brothers down there, and I mean they're massive mm-hmm. massive guys, but they had some really good guards, guards that could shoot it, physical guards. Um, you know, the threes and fours were, you know, really good rebounders, really good. They used their body well, their feet well, and so um, you know, we we didn't want to put all the attention on on the the Mobley uh, brothers, but because they you know their guards could really hurt us, um, but they were just a really well-rounded team, so. Um, going into that, we were just going to try to push the Mobley twins out a little further, get them as, as far away from the, from the basket. And then just kind of mainly, you know, folk maybe put the ball in their guards hand and make them make plays for their team. And, um, so that was kind of, kind of the main, the main, uh, game plan going into them. Yeah. You know, obviously didn't end, end up as, as you would have liked. Um, what did, what did coach have to say in the locker room after that, after that game? Um, you know, I, I had a little disappointment, you know, you, you know, you just sad to see the season and, and that way, especially when we thought, you know, we could make a pretty, pretty good run, even with the, the numbers that we, that we had, you know, we didn't have everyone there, but, um, you know, I think the coach had probably a little positive mindset that, you know, I, you know, we get another crack at this next year and, and this time, you know, we're going to be fully healthy, you know, every weapon ready to go. So. 
Well, and that, that uh, USC team, I think, definitely flew under the radar a little bit. Um, obviously, they put on a nice little run um, after you guys as well. And so that obviously always going out to win, but never hang your hat on uh, running into that buzzsaw. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, let's talk about this year, this upcoming year. You know, we mentioned a little bit about practice going well and stuff like that. Um, I know the plan after seeing hoop fest with, I mean, you know, DJ hitting whatever it was seven or eight threes in a row. I mean, probably the offensive plan is just, just give it to him outside the three point line. <laughs> but, uh, what, uh, how has, how has your role changed, you know, over the summer here to your senior year? Um, obviously been in, I guess, a leadership role here for a year or two, maybe, but, uh, how has your role changed, um, you know, as a basketball player and maybe even off the court here, your senior year? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think uh, I think the team kind of looks at me a little bit more as a, as a leader. I know the coaches coaches do. Um, they they kind of lean on me for a little more, kind of getting the guys going, get the younger guys ready to go. Um, but um, you know, as far as my role on the court, you know, bass, you know, I think I'm going to be a little more aggressive this year on the offensive side. And you know, it's not going to be you know absurd. I'm not going to be out there shooting 40 times <laughs> a night. So. Um, hey, never say never. Yeah, never say yeah. Um, but you know, I, I've definitely been I've been definitely working on a, a few things that I, I think the fans will be excited about. Um, maybe uh, they'll see a little more a little more three pointers going up that I know that they're screaming at the TV to to let me to shoot it more. But um, but also just kind of more being more aggressive on the offensive side, not just necessarily shooting it, but you know, facilitating a little more, taking some taking some pressure off some of our main scores and our main offensive weapons. Nice. Nice. Well, I know that uh, I can speak for Brian and myself that we are definitely excited and uh, you know, especially, you know, even, 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 even as before last year, you know, I feel like the buzz was every year around the Bulldogs was growing every single year. And after last year, I feel like it's going to be um, a lot more this year. So we're, we're, we're excited for it. excited to see how you guys um, have grown over, over the off season Excited to see, um, you know, um, a senior led, a senior led bulldog team here and see what they can do in the Missouri Valley. But, uh, what about, uh, what about, I know you don't want to think about this too far ahead, but what about after this year? What's, uh, what's next for Garrett Sturts? Well, so with the COVID year, um, I get another year of eligibility. So I, I'm, I'm, as everything goes well, I, I'm planning on, on using that, that year of eligibility and I'm, I'm planning to stick around as long as coaches will still, still want me around I don't know we'll see after we'll see if they they still want me around after another year so I'm planning on on using it um and I'm excited I'm excited for another year around um but um you know it's kind of interesting it's kind of it's kind of weird to think that you know this would be my senior year with if everything was Mm -hmm. was normal and you know time has has flown by at Drake but you know I'm glad I get a another another uh, another crack at it here this following year so so what's the major? I'm a marketing major in the business school here. So, okay, cool. Um, coaching, have you, has, has, has coaching hit the radar at all? Uh, a little bit. I, it's I can, I can hear it. Yeah. Um, I, I know, I know we, I talked to a lot of the coaches on the staff and they, they talk to me about it all the time too. So, um, it's definitely something I'm thinking about. I was gonna say it sounds uh you sound very cerebral, so it uh that <laughs> seems like a good fit. Um yeah. say 14 and one at home last year. We we mentioned that uh that bad loss is is that something we can build on this year or what's the deal there? I'm hoping so. That's if there's anything that coach that coaches 
just loves it or he just deprived he 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 needs it to happen he i mean he just talks about it all the time is he, we need to win at home he, he doesn't care it doesn't matter he's like if we need to go undefeated at home so that's that's kind of that our goal every year leading into that but that's kind of been our our uh our standpoint at at home is just we got to win every game so yeah, that well, and that's you take care of business at home, and the rest seems to kind of all fall into place. And so, um, so what? What freshmen? What are the, what are the incomers um, looking like? Um, is it a biggest question because you know, as as Bulldog fans, we kind of know everyone's coming back um, for the most part, and so um, we we have some guys coming in. How how have they been in the first few days anyway? Um, you know, they've been good. They've been really, I've been really excited about them. Um, I really enjoy this, this freshman class with, uh, Tucker DeVries, the coach's son, and then Connor Enright, uh, point guard from, uh, from Illinois. And I, and I'm really excited about these guys, not only, you know, just for this upcoming year, but for, you know, years to come, you know, even after, you know, I'm, I'm, out, I'm gone from Drake, you know, I think, I think we're putting the keys in the right hands. Um, those, those two, those two are really good. You know, they're really good friends or they, you know, on and off the court. Um, and you can just tell that they have, they have a bond and they play well together. Um, that's that I think fans will be really excited for in the next couple of years. Um, so I think Tucker DeVries, you know, he's a really good player, really, you know, a really good career at Waukee. Um, I think fans will be excited to see what he brings to the court. And then, you know, Connor Enright, he's just, he's an explosive guard. He play, he, you know, he's really quick. You know he can shoot it a little bit, um, and he, he's working on his pass and everything. And I, I think people will, will like to see him play here. So that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I know we are definitely excited, and we're excited uh, to head over to the NAF Center and watch uh, watch you guys uh, watch you guys play again. It's been uh, been way too long. But um, well, uh, hey Garrett, we we appreciate your time. First of all, uh, we like to end our episodes with a little section we call rapid fire. Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about basketball, some not. And you let us know what hits the top of your head. All right. All right. Here we go. First one we always lead with. What's your favorite visiting gym or arena you've had an opportunity to play in? Oh, um, I I really liked uh, Dayton's uh, uh, gym they had, and they this was the season opener, and it was it was packed. So I, I really like Dayton's. Yeah, that's that's a good one. New new to the pod, but I've definitely heard good things about uh, the atmosphere they got going over there um toughest guard who's the who's the toughest uh assignment that you've drawn oh that's a tough one um uh that's a really good one actually i don't know um probably uh in high school college Does that whoever for whatever reason like it could have been like you're like man i don't even maybe not even the best player you've played against but you're like something about that dude's game like that's just hard hard for me to hard for me to guard um i don't want to give aj too much credit <laughs> i was i was just thinking that actually <laughs> you know yeah aj's really he's a really skilled guard really tough to guard um obviously you know and i, I saw him i played with him saw him um growing up playing and knew he's a really skilled guard so he, he's always a tough one to, to guard especially with his higher release point on his shot but um um you know there's times where matched up with the Mobley twins and looking up and yeah right I mean those guys they're really tall it's, it's it's something different so that's that's good that's what I, I was gonna say I'm like you find yourself down getting mixed <laughs> up a little bit so there's got to be just some big dude where you're like oh man here welcome to the valley yeah well, but, 
Um, all right, so so why not Twitter? What's what's the deal? I don't know. I, I mean, for me, no social media at all would be perfect. I didn't have Snapchat or Instagram at all. I just got them back. Um, I don't have the biggest following base yet. Hopefully, that changes around a little bit. But um, we'll, try, we'll try to change that for you. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just have never been a big technology guy, even though people are telling me I'm crazy, even though I'm like a marketing major, and that's basically all it is. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, marketing, marketing today is big. It's just based on technology, and, and I'm just the complete opposite. I'm not a big technology guy, so that's no. that's probably the main reason I don't have much social media. No, fair, fair enough. It's just hard uh, when you're when you're doing stuff. Can't tag you on our tweets. Yeah. And- <laughs> I I think when it really hit was they you know they'll they'll tweet out the starting lineup and the and everyone's handle and then it was Garrett Starr's just <laughs> no handle. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, that's good. Um, all right, so best place to eat over Newton. Adam and I get a chance to go over and uh, catch the alum play. What uh, what's uh, what's the best place? Um, probably uh, you probably have to check out uh, Moose Barbecue. That's probably. Okay the best spot to eat barbecue i like that Good yeah deal. um favorite sports movie oh um that's a good one um all right caught me off guard on this one uh probably uh get the hoosiers or I, the pistol pete movie is probably one of my favorite movies but yeah yeah that's a good one i'm, I'm, I'm with you on that um do you have any nicknames yeah um well everyone called well it's the nicknames. It depends on, on who, who's asking and <laughs> call me the nickname. Um, but for a lot of Drake fans, they call me the Backcut Ninja. And that's what Adam Ooh, and Backcut Ninja. Wow. I like that one. So I, like, I like that I'll one. I'll stick with that one. I, I like that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> cool. That, I'll say they did a nice job with that one. Um, uh, do you have a favorite basketball shoe? We, uh, we, we you know, we have retired sneakerheads here, so we got to talk about shoes a little bit. Do you have a, a favorite one? Well, I, I wear like the same basketball shoes. My teammates get on me all the time. I have That's one good. shoe and honestly, I'll wear, I'll wear it till it just, it's no tread at all. And, That's it's perfect. Um, but I'm wearing, I'm wearing just, I don't even know what they're called. It's just Adidas boost right now from the basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I really like how they, they're comfortable and, and, um, light a little lighter and, and pretty good traction so that's that's the big thing about me i'm not i won't wear anything flashy or anything you know too big name brand but if they can it's got good traction feels comfortable and everything i'll, I'll definitely i'll definitely wear it that's exactly perfect that's why it's the, your favorite so um best pizza in the metro oh um well i gotta stay local with uh drake here at the doco down down the street from me here yeah I'll, I'll okay. they got the best pizza that's a good one that's a good one all right two more we'll get you out of here um what does it mean to you uh if you have the shooter's touch um <laughs> you explain that a little bit for me uh yeah, so so obviously uh, podcast named Shooters Touch because yeah. um, you know it's something in which that uh, Adam and I had had no problem getting shots up. Um, maybe not every night didn't have the Shooters Touch or the friendly bounce, but uh, and as other people have said on here before, maybe maybe it breeds confidence too that you're just going to keep shooting. But um, what what does it mean, what does it mean to you to to get the Shooters Touch to either get that lucky bounce or maybe get a uh, a tough shot that goes in or, or hit a buzzer beater. Um, why, why are you able to get to that point? Um, you know, it, well, it, for me, it feels like, you know, 
I'm, I'm big on, you know, you, you get what you put in. So, you know, if I'm going to put in hours of, of working and everything, put in all this effort, you know, just, a, you know, just, it feels good just to, you know, see that work going, uh, working out on the court and everything. So that's, that's probably it. Love that. Yeah. I was going to say that's good. perfect. Good job. Um, all right. Last one. We'll get you out of here. What's the best thing about being a Drake Bulldog? Um, honestly, I just say the fans and the, and, and the Des Moines atmosphere, you know, it's, you still get the, this kind of the city feel, but you know, it's, it's nothing too big that you kind of, you kind of still get a, a, a slice of, a slice of home and a slice of Iowa that I like. So. That's good. I like that. That's a, that's a good answer. So, well, Garrett, we, we appreciate you. We really do taking some time with us. Um, I said it earlier. I mean, you, you have the coaches talk down. This is, I, I would have never been able to go through it at, at your age and uh, have, uh, have such quality answers and thoughtful answers. And so, so thank you. Credit to you. Um, we've said it, obviously we're going to be excited watching you guys following your journey, uh, wishing you guys the very best this year and uh, you know, continued success. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Really yeah, it. as Brian said, we we are excited. We'll be at the NAP, um, hopefully as much as possible. But uh, best of luck, Gary, and thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you.